you are listening to the Sermon Podcast at Bethel. We're an evangelical covenant church located in western Wisconsin outside of Ellsworth, and you can find out more about us on our website, BethelCov.org. My name is Todd Speaker. I'm the pastor here, and thank you for listening. Good morning. Happy New Year. It's great to be here. Really, because I didn't know if I was going to make it home to Wisconsin this year or not. Cause it's been a c- little bit of a crazy year, I think, as many of you know. And it was just, yeah, Ukraine was going back into a full lockdown. I had bought tickets. And I'm like, am I leaving or am I not leaving? And then they finally said, we won't close the airports no matter what. So I was like, okay, I am leaving. <laughs> but that was within the week right before I left. So I'm here till January 26th, and then I'll head back right after this full lockdown ends. Um, You know, hopefully 2021 is going to be a much different year than 2020 has been, but no matter what, God is faithful, and he cares for us in our situations, whatever they may be. And I can say personally, 2020 made me a lot more thankful for the simple things of life that maybe we'd overlooked and, you know, not valued. Just, you know, having plenty of time to read the Bible (laughs) and having more time to take a walk outside and the internet and FaceTime. I was like, oh, thank you for FaceTime. Even just for my friends in Ukraine sometimes, that was the only way we saw each other. And, you know, just how valuable and precious those who care for us are in our lives. That's what I really learned. And so I'm going to talk about Ukraine first, and then we'll get into the Word of God. So we were in, everyone says, what is it like in Ukraine this past year? We were in a lockdown from March until mid-June, And that meant that only grocery stores were working, pharmacies, gas stations. They did open the hardware stores eventually. But, you know, we've been wearing masks since March. It's been mandatory. The fines are really huge if you don't wear a mask. I mean, like three months' salary for the average Ukrainian, so it's a big fine. And they take our temperatures when we go into any of the major, you know, a big supermarket or anything. You have to get your temperature taken. So things are a little strict. And... Then this fall, we went to uh, weekend lockdowns because they wanted restaurants to stay open, but they didn't want people gathering on the weekends, and now they're in a full lockdown again for three weeks. But our numbers aren't terrible. It's just we don't have the blessing of America and all of the medical facilities that you guys have here. So they're trying to be careful, but through it all, we just know that God loves us, and God loves the church. And even in this time, this last year, you know, my life was completely different because Normally every week I'm going to college dorms, special needs homes, children's shelters, church twice a week, uh, worship practice, and you know, a lot of that stuff didn't happen for most of the year. And in the middle of that, it's just like, okay, God, what do we do now? And us, I think it made us stronger as a church, honestly. The leadership, we could still gather 10 people together, no more than 10 at a time, and we would study the word together, and we would pray together, and we would seek the Lord, and it deepened our relationships with one another, and I'm thinking that's going to help make our church even a lot stronger, is just having all that time together. And then in the natural sense, our building, True Hope Center and True Hope Church, is under construction. So honestly, quarantine helped a little bit to keep construction going along a lot faster. They didn't have to clean up the sanctuary twice a week for services. And, you know, we still have a long ways to go, but we saw a lot of work get done this year. And we should have, um, in our True Hope Center, we have a whole floor that's full of apartments for the kids that we help, students who 
grew up in the orphanage or students who are coming from the villages or just who don't have the means to take care of themselves, we have a place where they're going to be living. And then we also have practical training. Um, it's going to be like a hairstylist, a computer IT, um, all kinds of different businesses where they'll get hands-on training, they'll get to work, they'll get to make money, and then we'll help them transition into normal life. And that'll be from kids from like 15, 14, 15 years old and up until 25. So hopefully late spring or early summer of 2021, it'll actually be open. We're getting closer and it'll just be awesome just to have them all right there because right now we have about 12 different apartments that our ministry has rented where these kids are living right now. So it'll be easier to have them all in one place. And of course, Bible classes will be one of those things we're doing too. And you can see some of the photos, what we were still able to do, still able to do street evangelism, thankfully, wearing our masks, wearing our gloves. Um, at first, people were a little bit afraid. Then this summer, things kind of were relaxed. And then by November, we had to quit doing street evangelism again just because the, the restrictions were, we couldn't break the restrictions. You know, we could, but we didn't want our church or our ministry to get in trouble. So, but even during that time, we just had so many great interactions with people. And I remember um, I bought a whole bunch of cans of Coke. And this summer, there was one lady who she came to our table. We had free water, free Coca-Cola, and juice boxes. And she's like, oh, I'm like, well, what do you want? And she said, I'll just take a water. And she's like, but I've never even tried Coca-Cola. And she, she didn't feel like she was worthy of us spending the money on a Coca-Cola for her. And we're like, but God loves you so much. He gave his only son for you. Why would you not be worthy of this Coca-Cola? And she started to cry, and she took it, and she walked away. Just a simple can of Coke feeling the love of God. So, I mean, honestly, that's what, you know, the simplicity of the gospel is it doesn't have to be like this huge message that we preach from the stage. It can be just simple acts of love that spread the kingdom of God, that bring salvation, that bring hope and life where there was once pain and hurt and death. And that's all it is. And that's why God says you are the lights of the world because it's in a simple act of kindness that can bring life where there was once death. And beyond that, in Ukraine, what we've been doing, we were still able to do um, a youth camp this summer. We had lots of kids get baptized. One of the girls I've known for years, Natasha, she was just sitting there the day we did baptism. She had just repented, and she was like, Leanne, I don't know if I should get baptized. And I was like, well, why are you worrying about this? She's, um, she's 17 years old. And she's like, because I know this is serious. She's like, I know... I can't go back and live when I, we leave camp. I can't be the same girl I was. And I'm like, well, do you think you can do this? You know, we're here for you. We're going to help you. We're going to support you. And she's like, nobody in my family is a Christian, though. And I said, but you have us as your family. You know, even though you're not living in the same house as us, we are here for you. And she decided that day to get baptized, and it was just a mess of tears, <laughs> and it was, you know, and now she's been at every service since we've been able to have service, and it's just awesome to see, you know, the growth that some of these kids have, these students that we pour our lives into. We were able to go into the college dorms for two months, almost this year, September and October, then they went back to distance learning again, and we were so happy, because <laughs> it was just like, we're waiting for anything, and so when the dorms opened, we were just like, yay, and all these kids were there, a lot of new kids, and we had a plenty of time to build a foundation with them and they're just you know some of them they write me on Facebook and they're like when are we going to see you again and it's like well when are they going to open the dorms again when are they going to open the colleges again then we'll see you and so it's just good to see how 
God is moving in lots of ways. The special needs home for women, that's like one of my favorite places. And every year, regardless of what's going on, they have a quarantine January and February because they're afraid of the ladies getting the flu. And so this spring when I got back, I was like, okay, just waiting, waiting. In March, the first week of March, we went, and it was an awesome time. And then the second week of March, it was already COVID locked out. So I was like, oh, my gosh. But we would go, and we would bring them gifts, and the nurses would come out. We couldn't see any of them because they would probably break through the great gates to come and give us a hug. We couldn't even go in through the gates. And they were just like, we cannot wait for you guys to be able to come back. We are going crazy. Like, everybody's forgotten us, she said, except you guys in your ministry. No one else has come to visit or no one else has come to bring little special treats for them. And so we're just, we can't wait. Hopefully this spring we'll see a shift and things will start to open. But if not, we'll just continue to love them as best we can from a distance. We send them videos on Facebook and things like that. But, you know, it has really been a different year. And because of that, like, we did a Bible school at our church this summer, and we had, um, I think it was like 35 students, and we get, did a graduation even. We taught them for 10 weeks, all these different topics, and, you know, simple thing, like, one of mine was just teaching them about how to use the Bible, and a lot of them didn't know that, like, you know, in the middle of your two pages, you have all those references, like, just teaching them how to use those things, and they're, they're just like, wow, we didn't understand that we could learn all this from the Bible on our own, and so they're just really excited about studying God's Word, and things like that now, and it's been a great year. One of a big, miraculous testimony we had so awesome. One of our students, I knew him actually from the orphanage days, so like 15 years ago probably, I don't know, 12, 15 years ago, the first time I met him, his name is Valera, and he went to Poland to work. He came back this summer in August to get married, and when he came back, he said he was feeling too bad, so he ended up going to the hospital, and they found out he had stage three cancer is what they told him, a huge tumor in his stomach. They did a biopsy, said he was full of cancer. At first, I didn't even want to do a surgery because they said he probably had three days to live. And I saw him before he went into the hospital. And I mean, I knew his past. I knew he had problems with drugs before he really gave his heart to God. And I, he was skin and bones. And I just thought, oh no, Valera's back on drugs again, is what I thought in the natural. Because you don't normally see people that look like that. And well, we just prayed. And somehow the doctors agreed to do the operation. And when they took the tumor out of his body, they did another biopsy, and then they said, we don't understand, but now there's not a single cancer cell in this tumor. And they did a test on him, and there was not a single cancer cell left in his body. And it was just a miracle. Even though he still had to do the operation to physically remove the tumor, God miraculously took all of the cancer out of his body, and he ended up getting married a couple weeks after that, and he's doing good. And I'm just like, God, that is so awesome. Like, you are so good and so faithful, and they are back in Poland working at their business now. And, you know, anything is possible with God, you know, and some people maybe would say, well, he still had to have an operation to remove the tumor, so God didn't heal him, but God did because they said he had stage three cancer, and that tumor was full of cancer, and then there was none. You know, that's the power of God. God still does miracles. Even today, it's not too late for him to move in any way, shape, or form, in any situation. It doesn't have to be just a healing.
in your life, in your family, in your relationships, in your workplace, just believe that God is a God of miracles and you will see him move and you will see him answer because we are his children and he cares for us. And he said, if you will pray, if you will seek my face, you will see the glory of God in your life. You will. It's a promise. If you keep on keeping on, you will see him move. It is who he is. He is a miracle worker. And nothing is too big for him, and nothing is too small either. So here's to hoping 2021 is going to be a much better year for all of us. And just stay faithful, though. Or like, even for us, that's just what it was, staying faithful in the little. We just stayed faithful in whatever we could do. Maybe it wasn't the big plans we wanted to have, but God still used things to touch any life we could come in I know so many seeds were planted, and I know so many lives were changed, and you know, someday we're going to (laughs) see what God did through us together as a church. I mean, you guys have a part of this ministry in Ukraine, because I know you pray, and I know you give gifts like hats and mittens and scarves, and this year, we tried to bring them to one of the kids' homes, and they said, we can't take them, because how can we sanitize them? Okay, but we ended up giving them to families in our neighborhood and families in need, because A lot of families in Ukraine, I know it's the same story here, because not having work, they had huge struggles, and that was just another way. We could keep their kids warm. We could keep them warm, and at Christmas, um, our church just gave out 200 bags of food, uh, just basic supplies, and also 100 Bibles. We just put a sign outside of our church for our neighborhood, and within an hour, all of the bags of food were gone, and all of the Bibles were handed out, and all of our prayer team was there, and they prayed for everyone. So, you know, who knows what you can do? It's just awesome to see how God gives inspiration and how God moves in mighty ways. So just be encouraged as we get into the Word today that God has a plan for you right where you are, right here. I mean, you don't you're not all called to be missionaries. We can't all be missionaries. And I'm so thankful that you help me, support me, and pray for me so that I can go and be a light there in Ukraine. I love being there. And I love that you all are a part of that. And I know that wherever you are right now, it's, just, it's more than just helping me. But it's you being a light right where you are. So let's get into the word today. I'm going to start in Luke chapter 6. I was just reading this yesterday. Luke 6, I'm going to read verse 46 through 49. So the first verse there, it says, Jesus is speaking. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? And I thought, oh, Jesus, (laughs) those are harsh words. But it's such a truth that we need to get in our hearts and our minds, especially in these times when there is that uncertainty of what's going to happen. And you know, what's coming next. We really don't know, but if he is our Lord, we have to live like he's our Lord. We have to live by his ways, by his truth, and not by what we hear on the news, and not by what people around us are saying or doing, but we have to have a foundation of his word in our lives if we want to live a victorious life, if we want to stay strong until Jesus comes back. And I don't know when that will be. Maybe it's soon. Maybe it's not. I have no idea. I can't tell you. (laughs) I don't know. But I'm going to read the rest of these verses. It says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid a foundation on the rock. 
And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without any foundation. And the torrent burst against it, and immediately it collapsed, and the ruin of that house was great. And I think, you know, Jesus here is not just talking to unbelievers. He's talking to those of us who believe. And he is saying, it is essential for you to make the effort, to take the time. Digging into rock? I don't know. I haven't done it. I'm not that kind of... (laughs) that kind of a worker. I haven't done it, but I know it's hard. I've dug in the dirt. I've done that plenty of times. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) But I know that's still a lot of work, but here he's saying you have to dig into the rock to build the foundation, you know, and that's not something easy. That's not just something you can put off and say, oh, I hope that the rain comes and wears down this rock so that I can build my house. No, it takes time and it takes effort it takes sweat it takes tears to build the foundation of your life and if you don't have that foundation it's just like verse 49 said it says the storms will come the waters will come and your house will be washed away completely because the foundation is not there and I really believe that's what God's message is to us right now is we have to lay our foundation in the rock and that rock is Jesus Christ and it doesn't, it doesn't just happen overnight. Like, that would be so easy. We would love that, right? If a drastic transformation happened to each and every person the day they, they said, yes, Jesus, I do believe that I need you and that I'm a sinner and that you're the Savior and I give my life to you. And instantly, we just became these peaceful, loving, forgiving people. It doesn't work that way, though, because he wants us to have strength of character to work on ourselves. You know, and it's just continuing to choose Jesus every day, every day. And it's, it's like, you know, if you go to the mirror and you look at yourself today, it's, maybe it's hard to see that you've changed. But when you look at a picture from 10 years ago or a year ago, you can see how much your face has changed or your body has changed or your smile has changed. You know, you can see the changes, but just in the everyday you don't notice the difference. And that's the same in our spiritual walk, is sometimes we don't see how much we've grown. But as you continue to choose to say, yes, Jesus, I honor you, and I honor your truth, and I am going to choose to love others, and I'm going to choose to be a peaceful person, and I'm going to choose what words I speak. And as you continue to do that, you can see, if you look back, I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. God has brought me a long way. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people get frustrated or condemn themselves when they just take a look at their life and they just say, well, why haven't, you know, why haven't I seen more growth? Why haven't I, you know, had more change or had all these things? But I just say, just take a minute and look at your life and look at the choices you've been making. And if you will start today or if you have in the past, start to choose Jesus, start to choose his word, you can then begin to look back and say, yeah, God has brought me on this path, and I am changing, and I am being perfected and changed into the image of his glorious son, because that is his goal for us, is to be little Jesuses here on this earth, sharing his life and his light any way possible. The foundation that you need to have, what do you do? How do you build this foundation in the rock? Well, first it starts with reading the word. (laughs) 
I know I, I probably say that every time I'm here, but it's true. Reading the Word. This last year, I got these huge, two huge commentaries. One was New Testament, one was Old Testament. And I read through the whole Bible. Thanks to COVID, I had more time. It was like an hour a day of reading. And I, you know, and I've been a Christian my whole life, and I've been a missionary almost 18 years, and I feel like I learned so much more about the Bible even just by reading these commentaries with the Bible this year. And it's like, if you take the time to read the Word, if you have a Bible study, the Word of God is living and active. It doesn't just, you know, sit in your mind, but it changes your heart. It changes your spirit. It changes who you are if you let it come in into your heart. And the second thing you need to do is pray. And you pray every day. You learn to pray. You learn to pray at all times. I mean, it's not that you have to be, you know, hours and hours in prayer, but that you keep Jesus in the front of your mind. So whatever you're doing, you can just be talking to him. And that's all that prayer is. Be talking to him in anything that you're doing, asking him, relying on him, and letting him speak to you. The third way to build a foundation is to worship. And I love coming to church, and I love worshiping together, but you will find, if you can go home and worship on your own, your spirit man or woman is going to be so much stronger because there's so much power in worship. If you start to feel down, if you start to be worried or concerned or you feel alone, if you can just lift up your voice, I don't have a beautiful voice, and my neighbors can tell you that, (laughs) but if you just lift up your voice, A few minutes of worshiping the Lord, it brings the joy of the Lord, which is our strength, his joy. It brings peace to your heart, and it will transform the atmosphere of your life and the atmosphere of your home, just learning to worship him on your own. You don't have to play the piano. You don't have to play the guitar. You don't even have to have music on, but you can find a worship CD or whatever, the radio, and just worship him from your heart. And you really, I mean... I remember, I mean, it was a long time ago. I remember being in Bible school when I first really started taking some time to worship him on my own and how much of a difference it made just in my spiritual life. Just a simple act of worship. It's powerful. It's powerful. Pray with your your spouse or with your children. Do that too. Because that, I mean, there's power when we gather together right here. This is awesome. There's power, though, just in the gathering together of two or three. Jesus is there with you, and you're teaching your children, and you're encouraging your spouse, and it's just making your family stronger, and it's making your own faith stronger. And I can tell you, kids sometimes, all the kids' ministry I've done, you think, yeah, they're crazy, and they say silly things, but then out of the blue, they'll say something straight from the heart of God, and you say, oh, I would have missed this if we had not been talking about Jesus with them, if we had not been studying the scriptures with them. And you know, that's one way God speaks to you too, is through those around you. The foundational life points you need in your life is first, you are saved by grace. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, if you're taking notes, you can write these scriptures down. You have to have that as the foundation of your life. I am saved by his grace. It's by his works. It's not by mine. There's nothing I could do to ever earn eternal life. But it's because he loved me so much that he came to this earth, he lived as a man, and he died for me that I can now have life in him. Your, Your faith Your Christianity has to be based on that so that you are never confused. You are never wondering, am I truly saved? Am I truly going to get to heaven someday? But you can just say, I know I am, 
because it's not me, it's Jesus. And I took that free gift and I said, yes, God, I need you and I'm going to live for you. If you said yes to him, you have nothing to worry about. Heaven awaits you and eternal life awaits you. The second thing, a foundational part of being a Christian is just saying, I am called to be a witness. Matthew 5, 14 through 16, where it talks about being a city on a hill. Like, you need to get that into the inner being of your life, is I'm not just here to receive, but I'm here to shine. I'm here to give back to those around me. And there are periods of time, I'm not going to say that, there are periods of time, I've had it too, where I just need to receive. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. But don't get stuck in that your whole life. Receive what you need and then go and give to those around you because the world is dying apart from the church. You know, and I, a lot of people are saying right now this whole COVID thing and people being afraid of coming together, it's tearing the church apart. But I think it's going to make it stronger because, you know, like I remember our first service back in Ukraine in June after almost three months. It was just like, Everyone was so thankful that we could actually be together again. And there's just like this value, like they understand how valuable it is now, the gathering of together of the saints, because we couldn't do it for so long. And I just believe that people are going to be more hungry because they haven't been able to get together, you know. And when people here feel more comfortable and when things get better, I just believe the same thing will happen here, is that the church is going to come back together stronger than ever because we realize that we can't rely on politics, we can't rely on medicine, we can't rely on anything else except Jesus Christ, and we can be confident that he will get us through every day and that the gathering together of the saints is one of the most important things. And that's what I believe we'll see, you know. And maybe there's some Christians who say, or people who have come to the church, I won't call them Christians, who are like, ah, I see now I don't need this. Well, that's a wake-up call for them too, you know? But I believe those of you who see the value in the church are going to be stronger than ever. Uh, One of the other foundations is you have to believe that you can love anyone because he first loved us, that you can forgive anyone because he has forgiven us. And 1 Corinthians 13, just take that all to heart. I can be patient. I can be kind. I can be long-suffering. I rejoice with the truth, not when others are suffering. I am not arrogant, but I will follow Jesus and live like him. I can be peaceful because I have his supernatural peace in my heart anytime I want to access it. I can just go to the throne room of God and sit with Father on his lap and say, Yes, Lord. Speak to me now. Touch my heart. I receive that peace, and I will be a person of peace. And you have the joy of the Lord as your strength. We just have to learn to value. I think that's what this year has been about, learning to value what we've already been given. You know, not taking for granted where you live, how you are free to worship, how you are free to gather with your families, how you can go to the store and buy food, how you can have the clothes that you need to wear, how, but just that you live in a country where we're free to say, yes, Jesus is soon coming king. Jesus is my Lord, and I can live for him, and nothing can stop that. Nothing, there's no laws that are coming against you worshiping him here, and that is a beautiful thing. It's valuable. Value that. If you go through the Bible, you see so many stories where Um, people didn't value who God was. Like, you know, the children of Israel, the Exodus. Like, God miraculously did all these miracles. They were slaves in Egypt, did all these miracles, um, 
what are they called? I can only think of Russian words. It doesn't matter. The ten plagues. <laughs> um, and he did the ten plagues. He brought them out of Egypt. They left with all the gold, the silver, the riches of Egypt. And then he brings them out into the desert. He feeds them with manna. He feeds them with quail. He gives them water from the rock. Their shoes never wear out. He's a cloud by day so they don't get sunburned. He's a fire by night so they don't freeze it to death. He gives them everything they need. And it's like the children of Israel are like, oh, we had onions and leeks back in Egypt. We want to go back there to slavery. It's like they, they don't value, they don't see how God has done everything for them, everything, and because of it, they missed out on the promised land. Because of it, they had to wander for 40 years in the desert until that whole evil generation was wiped away, you know, and that's not what we want to happen to us. We want to say, oh, God, I do see how you are caring for me. Even in this uncertain time, I do see how you're providing for my family. Even when I don't know if I'm going to have the next paycheck or not, I do see how you care for me and those that I love. And I see that you're giving me joy and hope and life at all times. And I can trust in you because it doesn't matter what's going on with me physically, but it's because you are faithful, because you are the one who saves, that I know I will be okay until the last day. No, what, no matter what happens to my body, no matter what happens to my family, I know I can trust them to you because you are good and you are God and I will be with you forever and until I get to that day, until I get to that point, I'm going to tell as many people as I can about you because I don't want them to miss out on the greatest gift which is your son, Jesus Christ, who brings eternal life to the world, who brings hope where there was death, who brings life, who brings everything that we need. That's what I want to do. And I hope that is the cry of your heart, too, is that I'm not here just for myself. I'm not here just to have a big house and a nice car. Praise God if you do. I hope you do. It's nice to have blessings. You know, but just that my goal to be here is to know Jesus and to walk with him whether time is good, whether time is suffering, whether time is painful, but just know that even in the midst of that, that the joy of the Lord is my strength and that his peace is with me, that I can rely on him and trust on him at all times, at all times. Okay, I have um, a little picture of a sheep. Maybe we can get that, and then I'm almost done. <laughs> this is, maybe you've seen this photo before. This is Shrek the sheep. He's a real sh uh, sheep in New Zealand. He was, he ran off one day from his shepherd and they could not find him. For six years, he was lost in a cave. The shepherd, he went and looked for him, but he could not find him. And then when they found him, this is what he looked like. He carried this burden of wool on his body because he ran away from his shepherd. And thankfully, it only took about 45 minutes to get all of this wool off. Now, this wool, oh no, I only have it written down kilograms. <laughs> 27 kilograms, which is probably about 60 pounds. 60 pounds of wool, and the normal sheep has about 10 or 12 pounds of wool. He carried this burden for six years. He didn't have to, but it's because he ran away from his good shepherd that he had to suffer and bring pain upon his own body. And you know, a lot of Christians, they do that, the same thing. We think that it's going to be more painful to come to the Father and say, I've made a mistake, or to say, I need help. But if we go to him, he can take those shears and he can just take that burden right off of us. He is our good shepherd. We don't have to be like this sheep walking around in misery, walking around in pain. Do not run away 
from your father. No matter what happens in your life, no matter what happens in your finances or your family, no matter what sin you may have fallen into, do not run from him, but run to him because he is the only one who can take this burden and this pain off of your life. And I have seen too many Christians walk around this way. I'm serious. Too many. And it's just so easy. Just come to the Father and rest and say, you are my good shepherd. Please help me. (laughs) Please take care of me. I cannot do this on my own. And he will. He'll take his his heavenly shears and just begin to peel the burdens off of your heart, the pain off of your mind, all the suffering, all the loss. He'll bring comfort and peace where you thought it was impossible. He will bring hope where you had given up on hope. He will bring a new measure of faith where you were already ready not to believe anymore. All you have to do is come to him because he cares for you. Psalm 73, 26 says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Amen? That is his word for you today, is if we call him Lord, Lord, We need to live by his ways. We need to build that foundation. Just never forsake going to him. Never forsake his word because he cares for you and his power, his life-giving word, his breath upon you will bring you what your soul, what your spirit is looking for. There is great life in him and his life is the light of all men and it shines through you. And when I was praying for 2021, we can have the worship team come back. When I was praying for 2021, and for a lot of people that I know, the word that kept coming back over and over and over was this is a year of answered prayer. This is a year where those sheep are coming home. So just really, I don't, just take that to heart and don't give up. Keep believing those sheep are coming home. Amen. Thanks for joining us. You can find out more about our church, our live stream, and our in-person services at BethelCove.org. Thanks and have a great week.